Welcome to A Better Way Podcast with your host, Ryan Haley. Learn to excel in business God's way, where the supernatural meets the practical. Experience a better way to succeed and learn from real-life business owners and entrepreneurs who have prospered in unconventional ways. Be inspired by their true stories and realize that prayer can become your practical source of provision when you embrace walking by faith and not human sight. And now, here's your host, Ryan Haley. We have Brian Nickens with us today, who has an amazing business in Northern California in Redding, actually, where Bethel Church is located, called NorCal Carpet Brokers. And I will let him do the honors on this one. But uh, Brian, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And we, uh, we're just really glad to hear this inspiring testimony. Just wanted to get a little bit of your background as we get into all that. Um, well, just a brief spiritual history. Um, I grew up you know, going to church and, and our whole family kind of got away from, you know, uh, church life, if you will, in the, in the early sixties, mid sixties. And, uh, and then through a whole series of tumultuous events, I came back. I was the first one to come back to the Lord, um, in 1980 and actually, uh, I, I gave my life back to Jesus at, at a Bob Dylan concert. Amen. Come on. Yeah, 1980. <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, man, well, you know, it was the, the Jesus People movement in Southern California was in full swing. And just everybody was getting saved. You just... All your, you know, from the non-save side, it was like all of our friends were dropping like flies, <laughs> is what we used to say. <laughs> and uh, and I just was caught off guard. I went and saw Bob Dylan at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium, and I mean, I was high and partying, and and he just came out and before the concert and gave a brief two-minute gospel message. Bob Dylan himself. Oh, really? I didn't know he was a believer. Yeah, yeah. He, and it was the, actually the tour he was on was called the Saved Tour. Uh-huh. And, and so um, he just gave this brief little message. And the minute he mentioned the name of Jesus, just the power of God came over me. And I just started to cry. And the friend I was with was kind of like, what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. Something's happening to me. And I just could hear the voice of the Lord calling me. And so I had like a real kind of a breakdown that night during that concert where right. I just felt the love of God like I hadn't ever felt before. And I don't know if anybody else felt it in the room, but, uh, you know, because I mean, it was a full blown concert. Right. And, you know, a lot of drinking and the, the smell of pot in the air. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, the very next night, I, I I got the next day. I was so impacted. The next day, I got out the yellow pages and I just searched out Calvary Chapel, and there there was one just a oh I don't know a few blocks from my house actually, and I called them up and they said that they had an event that night, so I went to it and that's when I gave my life to the Lord. The very next night, I made it official, you know. Right. In reality, the the spiritual 
you know, the breakthrough moment was at the concert. And that'll blow your religious thinking right out of the water, won't it? You know, Dylan concert, people drinking and smoking high yourself. I mean, uh, (laughs) I actually had a joint in my hand when it happened. (laughs) And isn't that great? Because Jesus just, he, he meets us where we are. He doesn't force us to clean ourselves up. That's the spirit of religion that does that. And he, it's, it's, we have it backwards, you know, he, his love and grace right where we are is what gives us the divine empowerment to actually live the way that he lived his life and that we're called to be conformed to his image. But it's not by striving, toil, self-effort, trying really hard to make ourselves holy. And we'll talk about this, how it applies to business, but that fundamental premise is so beautiful. It is simply a gift we receive because he just loves us so much. And there's no performance on our part. Yeah. And it kind of actually, it really, it affected my, my entire view of what it means to become born again. And, um, I actually, I teach a Bible class at Bethel on Tuesday nights. And, um, and when we got to the, you know, I was for two, for three years in a row, three entire semester years in a row, I taught through the gospel of John. And when we would get to, you know, John chapter three, um, I, I had, I, I, and I still carry a unique perspective on the born again experience, um, where Nicodemus, where Jesus told Nicodemus, um, well, you know, Nicodemus said to Jesus, you know, uh, no one can do the things that you do, um, unless he comes from God. We know that you are a teacher who came from God because no one can do the things you do unless God is with him. Right. And then Jesus responded and said, you know, verily, verily, I say unto you, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. And it was my second time teaching through John where all of a sudden kind of the light bulb went off and I, I kind of double checked the Greek language and actually where Jesus said, verily, verily, he actually says, amen, amen. No one can see the kingdom unless he's born again. So I realized that what happened was when Nicodemus was observing the ministry of Jesus, he saw the kingdom manifesting. Oh, wow. And in his heart, he said, that's God. Before his head head could take control. Come on. So when he went to Jesus and described his take on what he witnessed, Jesus was blessed by his revelation and said, amen, amen. (laughs) You you wouldn't be able to see the kingdom unless you were spiritually reborn. In other words, and this is where I stand on that, is when Nicodemus witnessed the manifest kingdom, it was like the seed of the power of God was planted in his heart and he responded um, with an affirmative that this is the kingdom of God. This is what I hoped for. Other people could respond in the negative. That's not God. This is why Jesus later taught, you know, that the actual, the sin of blasphemy was witnessing the things of God and attributing them to the works of Satan, right? Right. So blasphemy is like the unborn again experience, if you will. And so I've always sort of carried that with me. Like really what the way the kingdom works is when we present it in the context of the world with the manifest presence and the glory of God. 
and it carries into your business. It carry, you know, it, it you can take it anywhere. It's totally portable. <laughs> and something happens in that atmosphere where the hearts of individuals become instantly touched by this fertile kingdom atmosphere that without before they can say no, their heart has said yes. That's really good. Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, when you were born, you didn't really make it happen. You didn't choose to come out of the womb, right? Right. And and so I think the Lord masterfully used that that birthing language to almost um, cryptically tell us that, hey, this birthing thing is kind of a mystery and don't think you know how it works. Just be glad that you were born. Um and I think that that kind of neatly fits more into other doctrines of grace and et cetera, et cetera. And it makes it certainly supernatural. Absolutely. You know, that's funny because I just was doing another podcast interview last week. Uh, it hasn't aired yet, but I was talking to a guy um, who is also a business owner and very interesting, like you, a very different perspective than I've heard before. Um, he really stretched my thinking in some really powerful ways. And, uh, he talked about how sometimes, you know, it doesn't always go spirit, soul, body. Sometimes it just goes straight from spirit to body or body to soul or spirit to body or even body to spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, And the mind is left behind in the dust a little bit. And then the understanding comes later. Sure. Can't make mental or intellectual understanding a prerequisite for experiencing and accepting the things of God. Now, obviously, as I talked to him, you know, uh, we, we're not just like blind, you know, foolish faith that like these things will be proven out. And that's why I share metrics and details and bottom line results and fruit from the podcast. Yeah. Like Jesus said, you will be kind of, uh, alluded to it earlier. He's like, look guys, if you're not going to believe that I came from the father, just because of who I am and what I've said, like at least just based, uh, believe you're, uh, based on the evidence of the miracles or the works that I've done themselves, you know, like yeah. look at, look at what's happening. And that's what, Nicodemus clearly saw he knew the scripture he's like there's no way this could happen apart yeah. from God like that's obvious but he had an open enough heart and eyes to see kind of like Peter who Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet in either of these instances and Peter says you know well who do you say I am and Peter says well you're you're the living Christ the son of the living God and he's like oh you got it flesh and blood did not reveal that to you so it does take a spiritual supernatural revelation yeah get that but it's not necessarily in the way that we make it in our religious thinking of it's got to be in a certain way you got a joint in your right. mouth drunk at the concert he says the name jesus boom that's it and you recognized it you know and i mean nicodemus's revelation ran pretty deep because i don't think he addresses him as teacher but he says we know that you are a teacher who comes from god and you'll look this up probably when the podcast is over but the phrase, the, the teacher who comes from God, I think is didaskalos, uh, de didaskalos or something like that. And it actually, it, didaskalos is more of like coming and going and coming and going. So I really, the language almost is limiting to what Nicodemus was describing. But I think what he was saying to Jesus is we know that you have direct access in the moment to Mm -hmm. heaven, that there's this, there's this reciprocal thing going on where heaven is coming. You are entering into the realm of heaven or Uh heaven is coming down to earth when you minister. Interesting. 
it's a cyclical, he uses the two words back to back and the Greek description is that it means to come and to go. So it's like, we know you're a teacher who comes and goes from heaven who is coming and going or something like that. That is interesting. Wow. It's like, it's like, we know you have direct access, but no one can do the things you do. And Nicodemus and Jesus were both Jews. So, uh, Nicodemus probably would have said, unless Emmanuel, mm. unless God is with us. That's interesting, the coming and going, Brian, because um, I was struck by something. Actually, it was the former CFO of Bethel Church, Stephen De Silva, wrote in his uh, Money and the Prosperous Soul book. And he talked about how the Queen of Sheba was more than anything beyond the wealth and the wisdom and the obvious riches, which blew her away. Um, and exceeded even her wildest expectations she had heard. It was watching him coming and going in that stairway where he would obviously spend time with God and get that divine revelation that's the only thing that could explain the prosperity and peace and blessing over Israel for that period of time. And she somehow caught that, that you're coming, you're going in, you're coming out, you're all this coming and going thing in the stairway right? Mm. Probably is symbolic of access to heaven. I I never put that together till you just said it, but there, and this coming and going is not just a spiritual thing. It's, it's a very practical thing. You know, we saw it in Solomon's reign. We saw it with Jesus and all the works that he did. And as we're about to talk about, we see it in business too. And you've got an amazing testimony of that, but it truly is going into that spiritual realm and grabbing, you know, as Jesus prayed in his prayer, you know, on earth as it is in heaven and bringing earth which i know is a big theme at bethel so um i wanted to talk about that in the context of this incredible business testimony that you have um and the incredible growth and the metrics that support all that but tell us a little bit uh about your business how you got into that and then we'll go into that specific testimony okay well a little side note and then i'll move on but jacob's ladder too was uh the angels ascending and descending very true we see this theme several times (laughs) Yeah, so when heaven invades earth, it's just this cycle of manifest presence, and we're yet to discover it. But and it does play into business. And so know, take us into that. Take us how you, because um, that's another thing I notice about Bethel's culture is they really do have a heart for the city. And the, yeah. So you're 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 shut you shut the church down in Reading. You're getting more connected though at Bethel. Um, how did you get launched back into? the business you're running now that leads to the testimony? Well, I've always had a soft spot for the downtown area. I, I, I like old, small retail areas. There's something about the quaintness and, and, and all of that. And in the rational side of my mind, um, you know, we talk about transforming, you know, changing the world. It just seems so big to me but I could look at a small downtown area and go, well, I think this is doable, <laughs> you know? Right, right. You know, and understanding that somehow this plays into changing the world because yep. you, you play your part, you play your role. And there's something about, you know, being effective in the heart of the community that translates into just really, you know, an open heavens really um, over your city. And so uh, uh, during that season, I had come across a little, a little dilapidated corner shop in the town next to Reading called Anderson. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd driven past this building uh, numerous times and noticed one day it was had a for sale sign on it. And 
And I just thought, oh, I love that corner. It's got these roll-up doors, and it would be just a great little spot for something. But I wasn't sure what I would put in there. And so um, I made an offer. Uh, I called the realtor, and she said it was in escrow. And so I just kind of let it go. And then a year later, and during that time, I'm doing other ministry. I had traveled. I had spoke. I, you know, I did some uh, conference-type things and went to Costa Rica for a couple of months and literally wandered the beaches of Costa Rica with my family going door to door, offering prayer for the sick. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. We just saw like amazing breakthrough and I was just really trying out the supernatural lifestyle and, uh, in a non Western culture context. Um, and, uh, and I love to surf. So we just kind of dovetailed the two things together and we took a little hiatus, if you will, and, um, and then when we got back, it was uh, like, okay, so where do we go from here? And, uh, and so I saw that that building was still for sale like a year later. And so I called on it and it had numerous escrows had fallen out because of the condition of the building was so bad that um, uh, people were reluctant to ultimately sign off on it. And I just made this crazy offer as is. Purchased it, not sure what I was going to do with it. And during that season, the Lord spoke to me like powerfully and as close to audibly as it can get for me or as it has gotten for me. Right. And, and um, he said, I, I want you to restore your family's inheritance. And immediately he, along with that, he downloaded, I knew exactly what he meant. Um, it wasn't anything I had to discover. I knew exactly. And so it came with the word of knowledge, if you will, of what, of what all that encompassed and the, and the shift in my mindset. Because during that time also, I was reading uh, Bill Johnson's book, Dreaming with God. And that particular book, I read When Heaven Invades Earth probably a couple of times. I read Supernatural Power of the Transformed Mind. Uh, I think I visually read it once and audibly listened to it probably about 10 times. <laughs> and But Dreaming with God was sort of the capstone for me, and it just sort of caused everything, my shifting to think. And when the Lord spoke that to me, Restore Your Family's Inheritance, I knew what he was saying is I want you to change the way you do ministry because I had been taking the family inheritance and spending it on the kingdom, if you will, to get down the road further to build ministry. Mm. Um, and so my previous mindset was, you know, I would develop real estate, flip houses, buy land and sell it. Um, and build up some asset, and then that would fund my personal ministry ambition. Okay, got it. Right. Building up really and giving it all away, so to speak. And and um, and so gaining nothing for the long term for my family, so that they would have a platform to stand on in the future. Right. So it was more of my family coming alongside of me, supporting me as I pursued my calling. And the Lord, basically, the way I translated it, and the Spirit of God bore witness to this multiple times, was the Lord was saying, I want you to turn that around, and I want you to serve your family, and I want you to serve 
uh, your city and I want you to build up an inheritance for your family. And this is how ministry is going to work from now on. Wow. And so everything that I did from then on was with a completely different mindset is this is to be handed over to the next generation. Praise God. And, and when that thing shifted in my heart and in my mind, it completely affects the way you do business, whether or not you take a loan out or you just be patient and pay with cash and do slow methodical growth in this, is, which is the track that we chose. Um, You're able to do this all debt free, all cash. Um, as of now, I mean, we're five years in and we have 6,000 square feet. And we don't owe anybody anything. Praise God. That's a confirming word for me because I'm a real estate investor myself and God challenged me to do all cash and I didn't know how the heck that was going to work. And <laughs> yeah. so far it's worked beautifully, but uh, that's it's yeah. great. It's very different. Though. Yeah, it's about alignment, you know, and one of the phrases that, you know, um, that the we almost refied the building because there was just so much equity there. It was tempting. But the spirit of the Lord spoke to me again and said, I don't want you to hand your children a mortgage. I want you to hand them a deed. Amen. You know, is that kind yeah. of stuff. Praise God. And so with that mindset, two things came into play that, that were transformative, that really caused the favor of God to just flow. And, um, and um, the one thing was that we're working for the future and not for ourselves. It doesn't mean we can't tap in as we go and enjoy the fruits of our labor. But, um, uh, you know, it's the opposite of that bumper sticker you'd see. I'm spending my children's inheritance. You know, you see them on like RVs or Mercedes 450 SLs or something like that. And, and so the retirement mindset of our culture is you build up to a certain point and then you spend the rest of your life just sort of phasing how you're going to spend it. So there's enough there to hopefully by the time you hit the dirt. <laughs> He broke even, you know? Right. And so I just reject that kind of thinking anymore. Um, Amen. And it's more of like, no, we're just going to keep working. And and we do it from a position of rest. And Yes, sir. You know, but there's another thing that plays into it that the Lord reminded me. And this is where the city transformation comes into play. Was um, that he wants his people to be unencumbered and to own the land. Yes. And there's something about owning the land that increases your authority mm. and to, to as best as you can be, try to achieve a debt free situation. And so, <laughs> um, and so with that, the Lord brought me to uh, the story in Jeremiah where Jer the, he was instructed by the Lord to write up a deed for the land of Israel. Right. I forget if it was for Jerusalem or if it was all of Israel, I forget. But he wrote up a deed and put it in a pot and buried it. And it was a declaration that when the children of Israel would come out of their uh, 70 years of captivity, um, that they would come back to a fully declared property that had been given to them by the word of the Lord. Amen. That there was a deed. And so that deed was sort of a stake in the ground for the future, if you will. 
And that really like kind of like did something in the way that I thought. And it's like, man, it's about the land. It's about owning the land. And, and so when we opened up our business, NorCal Carpet Broker, on this little shanty corner, if you will, and it was a rough corner, you know, it was abandoned and a lot of drug deals going down and homelessness and vagrancy and all of that. And so we kind of had to open up in the midst of that and just decided to just be a positive influence and even towards the homeless and, and the addicts and what have you and the prostitution that would go on on that corner. Um, and we just loved on everybody the best we could while at the same time saying, hey, there's a new sheriff in town. We own this corner. Yeah. And so we're maintaining a certain aesthetic, a certain look and a certain standard. And eventually all that just kind of went away. And, um, and then, um, we felt like we really need to grow. We had 2000 square feet and it's just not enough. And, and so the building next to us, which wasn't even for sale, I, I wrote a letter to the, I went to city hall and found out who owned it. And I just wrote them a personal letter, asked them if they'd be interested in selling. And, uh, long story short, about two years from sending that letter, about a year after sending it, the owner just walked in the door with the letter in his hand and said, yeah, he'd like to sell. And after a year of, he's, he was a retired lawyer, so he was really difficult to deal with. <laughs> Not a, he wasn't a difficult person. In fact, he was a sweetheart, but his legal mindset made it really tricky to do business with this guy. Right. And, and, um, and so we ended up purchasing from him and settling after about a year of bantering back and forth. And we took ownership of that building and had that paid off in short order. Actually, it was pretty crazy. And so we opened up the wall. And so we went from 2000 square foot to 4000 square foot. And we just, I, you know, I'm not the type to leave things unfixed or unrepaired and uh, there's like a saying in my family is if you have a broken down car, just park it in dad's driveway and <laughs> it's there long enough. He'll probably fix it you know? <laughs> just to get it. You know, I don't have the heart to throw it away and it deserves to keep going, you know? So I just naturally fix everything in my path. So a heart for restoration is what I'm hearing from that though. Both it's a total heart for restoration. I love vintage stuff. Um, yeah. I just, uh, I just enjoy um, I love paying tribute and honor to the craftsmen who have gone ahead of us and built things and with a certain heart and a certain desire for them. And I like seeing that be fulfilled. And, um, and I think that that's what set us up for, well, I'm convinced that's what set us up for the testimony that, that Andy shared because it was in that it was, from a distance we're being observed, you know, by the city, like, Hey, these guys have taken a piece of this corner and they did something really good with it. So they sent in a, um, a video team and they did a, an interview with us and they, um, they showed it at the state of the city, um, meeting about three, four years, three years ago. Um, they showed the video and just said, Hey, look what's happening here in Anderson. It's really good. These guys are helping bring life to this downtown area. That's really, and even is still kind of struggling except, except for us. <laughs> wow. And, 
And then on the opposite end, four blocks down, there's a development that's really nice with a restaurant and some other things. But in between, it's all kind of blight, you know, just disrepaired old storefront buildings. Sounds like a city set on a hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, there's a nonprofit organization that owns some property in the downtown area, and they decided they wanted to get rid of it. They didn't want to pay the taxes and they didn't feel like they were going to grow into it for anything. And um, they decided that instead of selling it, they would rather control its destiny, if you will. Mm -hmm. And make sure it gets into the hands of somebody that could potentially do the right thing with it. And so that's when our name came up in the meeting um, because we were proven to have a transformative effect in the downtown area. And so they offered us to purchase the, it was an exclusive offer to us only to purchase the two buildings for a dollar each. One dollar for each of those two buildings. Yeah. Because of what, and this is a word Lance Walnow uses. It's a Hebrew word and he describes it. It's Yatir, Y-A-T-I-R. And it means to be conspicuously prominent or basically stand out above the rest very conspicuously. And that's what I'm hearing here is you have a heart for restoration. You also have a spirit of excellence and people are seeing the obvious, like there's no way that this was just, Oh, well, you're just kind of coming up with the rest of the community. Like the rest of the community is very clearly, there's a very clear contrast right around you, except it's conspicuously obvious that that one area that you're in has got light and life and uh, is, is prospering obviously and so because of that and the work that you're doing with the heart that you have people give you these two buildings for a dollar each now if that's not the best real estate deal i've ever heard of i don't know what is i think that's a perfect description of the dynamic and um and it wasn't something you know i mean we wanted to be excellent we wanted to make a difference um but certainly not with an attitude or anything like that but with a genuine desire to be excellent and to bring transformation. And there was a couple of things also that I really feel, they may seem minor, but I really feel played into the heart of what we were doing because it was, you know, changing out, uh, you know, exterior siding and doors and fixing up and painting and making it look awesome. That's the external side of things. You know, um, but there had to be a real heart in there. And so one of the things that we did is right away when we opened up, um, because there's so many um, vagrant people that would walk by, um, they were constantly wandering in and they were asking if we would have a little scrap of carpet or something for them so they could spend their day with a fresh piece clean of fresh clean piece of carpet to go sleep down by the river on or something you know and one guy I just said well here have this and he's no I want to pay for it and so he pulled out like three dollars and I would have given him this scrap of carpet it was probably two foot wide and five foot long or something and he handed me three dollars and he wanted to pay for his carpet and Something inside of me said he wanted to be a customer. He wanted the dignity, even to his vagrant, homeless state of being. 
He wanted the dignity of the transaction of, no, I'll purchase my carpet. And I was really moved by that moment. And so um, we put this box that we have on a pallet jack, this big wooden box that's about 24 inches tall and four feet across on all four sides. And we filled it full of little carpet pieces that we sell for two and three and five bucks a piece. And I told, you know, me and my son are doing this together and we had a little meeting and it's like, you know what? Those are our clientele too. And they want to make purchases. And when they approach that box or when anybody approaches that box, we treat them the same way somebody that pulls up in a Cadillac and says that we're building a brand new house and, you know, and, you know, we're looking at a potential $20,000, $30,000 sale. We give them the same attitude, heart and patience that we would give anybody else. And so we ended up, you know, we sold a lot of carpet out of that little box. It'll blow your mind. (laughs) And, uh, and, and we actually have regular customers. We, for a season, we had one gal, she would, she's in an electric wheelchair. And uh, sometimes she would have to stop at our store and charge her battery because it didn't go make it all the way from the supermarket to wherever she was headed. And then she would buy two of these little mats and she would, you, you couldn't give them to her. She had to buy them. She would charge her wheelchair, purchase a couple of mats, and then, you know, she'd go buzzing down the sidewalk again with her little floor covering purchase. And so whenever she'd come by or sometimes she had energy in her battery and she wouldn't stop. And we'd tell her, there's our, we said, you, you know, you're our most consistent customer. <laughs> just things like that, where we sort of just embrace the community where, where it is. And everybody's a potential client that deserves respect and honor. And, um, and so I mean, this is super common in our store. We'll be we'll be working with a pair of homeowners who, uh, you know, they got a set of blueprints and they're doing a big remodel and it's a big deal. And and my other staff is busy and they're helping customers and and there's somebody out there fumbling through the pile of scraps, you know, and and uh, and we'll stop what we're doing and go out just ask our customers to give us a couple of minutes and ask them how they're doing and if they need any help and help them pick out their little two to $5 purchase, bring them into the counter and ring them up and offer them a cold drink of water and thank them for their business. And off they go. And I cannot count the number of times that our other clients will be, are almost moved to tears because they see there's no distinction in our minds and in our hearts whatsoever. It's, it's all business and it's all and it's all brings glory and honor to the Lord. And, uh, <laughs> and something about that heart, uh, I believe, is in the very core of why God has just blessed us so much. Um, Talk to yeah. us a little bit about, because I, I think, you know, that reminds me of the way you treat everybody the same. It says, you know, in the, in the word, it says not to treat anybody differently, you know, don't show preference or honor to people, you know, based on socioeconomic status, you know, like that, that uh, were happening a lot in Jesus time and throughout pretty much all of time. So I do believe uh, part of it is the spirit of excellence that you have within you. Um, But most of it, 
I believe of the blessing of your business is because you truly have God's heart and he knows. And that's just, there's something attractive about that. No matter what faith background you are or not, but you have been really blessed. And uh, one of the metrics that really blew me away as a business minded, you know, I, I'm an investor. So I look at the numbers that, you know, I'm very detail oriented on the numbers and all those kinds of things. Um, and one thing that blew me away was that you had month over month growth for five straight years. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And I would have to say, if I was going to be more accurate, if you were going to look at the graph, it would probably be more like quarter over quarter because sometimes the month ends kind of overlapped into the month beginnings, you know? Well, anybody on wall street that lives and dies by the quarterly cycles would be thrilled to have quarterly growth for five years. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's just the Lord, I guess. Um, I think a couple of, a couple of things is that when we started off, we started off, I think in, with the proper expectation of um, where we stood in the pecking order of our business, of our particular service. And so we didn't launch with a bunch of pomp and ceremony trying to come off bigger than we were. Um, we kept our beginning intentionally humble and debt-free, like I said, um, maintained margins. Um, and there's something about really doing business the proper way. You know, we don't give anything away. Um, like I said, even down to the little scraps, which on a side note, I, I, I want to, I realize that even that little, that little scrap bin that's out front, which probably generates probably about a thousand dollars a month. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, even that little scrap bin, um, it does something magnificent for the overall business. We operate at a zero waste factor. Uh, that's a great point too. That that's waste nothing. Point. Yeah. The, our waste is zero. It's down to the inch, you know, that's amazing. And, um, efficiency. And, and then, you know, that number just kind of helps um, shore up the margin, if you will. We, we realize that, you know, these people wandering by buying these little bits and pieces, they're, they're part of the overall picture and it's important to us. They're, your business is important. It's part of this thing. You know, you're like the catalytic converter on the engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a strong brand. I think you guys have built a strong brand in terms of your reputation, your efficiency, your, your profitability, and most of all the heart you guys have. But that all, I mean, that little scrap box that you put out there is uh, a probably not that you did this with this heart, but just when you're following God's heart, things all work out. And that's probably an excellent marketing and differentiation tool to set you apart in your unique value proposition to that customer segment in that location. And you've been, like you said, didn't despise the days of humble beginnings, didn't try to go crazy, some super growth, you know, acceleration cycle right off the bat and just were slow and steady. And that's usually how God does his greatest work is that slow, steady progress over time. And Proverbs talks so much about that, how, you know, wealth gained hastily will be lost just as fast, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You're building for the long term. So it's, but it, I mean, that being said, you still have had pretty phenomenal growth and, you know, uh, success just in what has it been now? You said five years that you've been operating this particular business. Yeah. So, and even that, the efficiency aspect, I think of Jesus, you know, sitting everybody down with the loaves and the fishes, they have more than enough supply, but no little piece was insignificant. Every scrap was picked up. 
and they had, you know, 12 baskets in one case or seven baskets in another case of leftovers and God wastes nothing. So yeah. it's so beautiful. How, again, you didn't try to make this like super efficient lean six Sigma, you know, like down to the inch, everything perfect. You just had an idea to bless somebody and, uh, restore dignity to them. And now people are seeing this and, um, Sounds like it's been a pretty successful, profitable business just from a bottom line perspective, let alone obviously the transformative impact in the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been win-win all the way around. And I just I just don't think we it would have come off the same way without the heart for transformation. Um because this is my fifth floor covering store. And it's in the least affluent town that I've ever opened one in. And it's the most successful. Really? So this is the most successful of the five you've owned. This one that you bought with a really bad rundown condition on an as-is basis for all cash has now been the most successful financially and, and business-wise uh, store of its kind that you've ever owned? Yeah. That's incredible. If that's not where the supernatural meets the practical, I don't know what is. Yeah. And it actually mirrors what God's doing in Reading with Bethel, I think. We've aligned ourselves to something that God's doing. And so the you, at that point, you can throw the um, but you can throw the demographics out the window. Right. Right. So, You're not limited by that. God is a he, he can yeah. prosper no matter what outside the box. Yeah. And, you know, I had numerous people say, so you opened in Anderson. Why didn't you, why didn't you do this in Reading? People that are in there now seeing it's a really cool place. If you go on the website, NorCalCarpetBroker.com, there's a, there's a, um, there's a virtual video tour um, that a friend of ours, Roman Watson put together for us. And um, it's got a really cool vibe. And so, you know, every once in a while we'll have people say, man, you should put, one of these in Reading and it's like I don't really you know it's like oh you know um I understand what they're thinking but no it's here <laughs> it's supposed to be here you're what are you saying that, that this doesn't this town doesn't deserve this or we would do right that? it's like no it's this is where we're at not to say we wouldn't do one in Reading but God would have to you know tell us to Right. But what's beautiful about that, Brian, is that, you know, yes, you understand business, you're a serial entrepreneur, you've been successful in that. But most people would look at it in their own human wisdom of, okay, let's get the SWOT analysis, let's do the, you know, zip code analysis, do the customer segmentation, the demographics, all those things that, you know, not that anything's wrong with that per se. But when God tells you to do something, it's going to succeed no matter what. And many times, and this is what I love, and I always share in the podcast is what God does succeeds despite not because of circumstances and people many times so that there's no other explanation. And as I say many times in the podcast, our lives and our businesses should demand a supernatural explanation. And when you can make it so profitable and thriving in Anderson, in this terrible area that makes no sense on paper from a business case analysis, uh, and yet you have the undeniable uh, evidence of the works themselves, as Jesus said, it's it's hard not to look at that and see that God had a had a hand to play in this and that he was guiding, directing, he initiated it. And I love what Bill Johnson says, whatever is initiated by human effort must be sustained by human effort. And the mm -hmm. opposite is also true. And so you're just stepping into what God's told you to do. It's prospering, not only now, but for generations to come. And then, of course, there's an eternal impact that you've had 
on yeah. everything else. And so I know we're um, almost at the end of your time here, but I wanted to just reiterate that website address for people to be able to get in contact with you. It's NorCalCarpetBroker.com. Yeah. And my personal website is BrianNickens.com. B-R-I-A-N-N-I-C-K-E-N-S.com. Okay. Those will both be in the show notes for sure. And um, what I also like to do at the end of every podcast, if I can remember is have you just make a declaration right now on the record? I think there's something powerful about making a declaration before it's come to pass um, because we speak by faith those things that are not as though they are. And then we also have these stones of remembrance, remembrance so to speak. And so uh, I've actually had uh, follow-up podcast testimonies of what was declared on a podcast then come true very shortly and, and have the whole other section. So I just, um, if there's anything that you want to speak forth right now that you're believing and hoping God for, that we can then go back and say, hey, you, you heard it here first, and look what's happened since then, just to have that um, that kind of posterity, if you will, of the testimony, as well as speaking forth another one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and maybe this will uh, have to do with the new buildings that we have. Amen. Um, because one of the things that happened... This could almost be another podcast, but I'll super, I'll synthesize it big time and then I'll make a declaration. Um, the buildings were in just, they were really bad, but they were your old, you know, downtown storefronts, you know, shared common brick walls and that kind of thing. But they had been plastered over and all kinds of stuff. You know, when a building's about 80, 90 years old or however old they are, over those years, more stuff just gets piled on inside, you know? And, uh, and so when we got in there and trying to figure out what we we're going to do, um, we just, the, the only thing I could think is, which has always been my modus operandi when restoring property was old buildings was let's peel it back and see what we got. And, um, and instead of just prematurely casting a remodel vision for it, I, kind of reserved what I wanted to do until we could just completely demo out all the existing construction. And so we got a demo permit and we've spent the last two months or a little longer um, gutting these things. And what we discovered is behind all this facade, there's this beautiful um, on the floor, we tore up, four floors four layers of floor <laughs> we got down to the original the day it was born oak wood floor it's full of nail holes but it's totally restorable and we started peeling back the walls that were built in front of the walls and we discovered these walls were all plastered up and a gentleman working for me named dean walton he said i think i could take that plaster off and you got to realize these walls are like 60 feet long and 15 feet high. And I'm, I said, I don't think so, man, that does not seem doable. And so I said, give me like two hours of work of just peeling off plaster and then we'll do the math. And in a couple hours, he got a long way and there's this beautiful brick behind it. And so with that building, we currently have the whole thing stripped back to the day it was born and we have this 80-some-year-old, beautiful, 14-foot-tall, vintage brick walls and this beautiful, solid oak flooring with these cedar beams up for the ceiling. We took the ceilings. There's multiple ceilings. 
we took the ceilings down and we got these beautiful beam ceilings. And so what I decided to do with that building was we're restoring it back to original condition. Yeah, like a total, not a remodel, but a total restoration. If it was a vintage car, came off the assembly line. And then I want to invite the city in and say, here's what we found. There's gold here concerning this downtown area. I'm sure all of these buildings in a row are just like this. And so let's consider the possibility instead of, you know, tearing this thing down and turning it into franchise central. Let's, let's go back in time, if you will. Here's the beauty of what's here. It's much more economically feasible. It's way less risk. And we could ultimately end up with a whole row of entrepreneurs with very low overhead and maybe even debt-free and just celebrate the day that this block was born. And so we're going to have this, I'm going to invite a select group of people and have sort of an unveiling, if you will. And uh, so it's all taped off right now and nobody knows what's going on in there. <laughs> That's beautiful. I mean, you really truly got a diamond in the rough uh, with that building, with, which yeah. is really huge. That's another testimony is you did something that seems crazy to the human mind uh, at first blush is to make, uh, knowing that multiple contracts had already fallen through because of the uh, condition of the property, you put an all cash as is offer on the table and not knowing what you're going to find. And what you found was gold. You mined for gold. And that's kind of, a, I think, a picture of people a lot of times. Just, there's a lot of prophetic metaphors here. You know, this ugly, dilapidated, rundown building that nobody wanted. You decided because God had a heart and a vision for it, just like every one of us. Mm-hmm. He looked at that and didn't see the mess or the, you know, the things that, the, you know, that man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And as you drilled down and took the time to invest in that, and yeah, it had some work and it needed some things to be shed, but there was, uh, you know, God's looking at us the same way where there's that gold on the inside and he is not afraid to invest in that and take risk in that. And you've just demonstrated that, um, a very practical demonstration, but also a very beautiful, I think, spiritual and uh, metaphorical illustration of how God thinks and sees things. And now I'm believing with you, Brian, that that deck is not just going to be yours. This is going to be the first of many to come of these seemingly dilapidated rundown in unvaluable, not invaluable, but let, you know, of no value houses are going to turn out to be invaluable at the end of the yeah. day, just yeah. like what you've shared. And it's going to be a beautiful thing economically for the entrepreneurs, the debt free. I just, I absolutely see that vision. I come into agreement with that completely. And I cannot wait yeah. to have the follow-up testimony on the podcast of when this happens, not if, because I believe this is happening. I believe it's a done. Yeah. So I want to declare for all the entrepreneurs that are listening to this, that the spirit, you know, and in this whole conversation, something that's failed to come up with is the beautiful relationship, business relationship that me and my son have developed that we never knew we had. And um, because obviously him being a recipient of the future of this, his heart behind it is as equally committed as mine. And this has brought our whole family into alignment. And, um, and so, you know, turning the hearts of the fathers, you know what I mean? Praise God. What God did in that is he actually turned my heart back towards my kids. And not that I never loved them or anything like that, but all of a sudden I found my heart transformed to wanting to build for them. And, um, 
And then in turn, they turn their heart towards back me in another way, which is in just positive energy and, and encouragement. And, and, and so I really feel like one of the benefits of this podcast to all you fathers or mothers who are partnering in business with your children, if you align your business towards their inheritance, watch what God does in your family. It'll bring so much healing and, uh, and so much camaraderie and mutual respect and love that God can't help but be compelled to bless it. And I think that's what's <laughs> happening with this. He's compelled. He's compelled like, I have to bless this because ultimately he's about the family. Yeah. Wow. Brian, what a beautiful testimony and story on so many levels. I just got the one little you know, blurb that I was uh, basing this on, but there's so many layers to this. And uh, I, I really do think that we'll have many more follow-up episodes to come. But I mean, that's the beauty of when you step out in faith, when you just trust God and you're open to what he's doing, that is the supernatural part where you really listen to God, you hear what he's saying, and by faith that he's given you in his grace to step out into it and trust him, not trying to strive or toil, but just simply walking with him as he is opening doors and showing you things that don't necessarily always make sense at the time. But you, we, you see so many facets to not just the bottom line, but the city, the community, your, your family, the church atmosphere. I mean, it's just so much that can happen when you just take a step of faith in God. And in this case, in the business context, something that uh, seemingly looks not that attractive or um, like you probably couldn't have imagined at the beginning what this is becoming now and what it will become even more. So I believe this is the tip of the iceberg right now, Brian, and we're going to see such an amazing turnaround in that area and so many people flocking there. I just, I really have that sense. This is a legacy and inheritance, not just for your family, although it certainly is, but for many families in that area, the Redding family, if you will, the Anderson family. And uh, I just... Across the nation. I mean, because America's, there downtowns everywhere. <laughs> this is uh, duplicable, you know, and, and I mean, speaking into the church world, you know, as we're wanting to transform our cities, in some cases, uh, let's go back to the very heart of where the city began and just rebuild, you know, re- restore the foundations like right there. Yeah. On that location. And, and it just becomes a prophetic symbol of, uh, of something new and fresh by, by honoring the beginning of the founding fathers. And um, I'm all about that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm the kind of guy that uh, when I meet somebody from another country, you know, Bethel, they come from all over the world. And, and uh, if they're asking for a prophetic word, if I have a quick moment, I'll Google their, uh, like the national anthem of their country. <laughs> It's amazing how many of them in the very heritage of their foundations of their country is already this beautiful declaration that you could see being played out over time. And, and uh, so there's something about foundations that's just as I as I grow older and wiser, I think they become more important to me. Well, you're certainly modeling uh, an unbelievable, amazing way of building a foundation in many senses. And uh Guys, I definitely check in, encourage you to check out Brian's website, both of them. Uh, the carpet cleaning uh, or the carpet broker website is NorCal, N-O-R-C-A-L, carpetbroker.com. You can see all the amazing things they've done there. 
and connect with the great business. And then Brian Nickens, B-R-I-A-N-N-I-C-K-E-N-S.com. Again, those will be in the show notes, but you know, Brian, you've got a beautiful blend of something I think I've kind of got a similar bent towards, which is both, <laughs> both and, you know, that church ministry and business ministry aspects. And um, I'm, I'm just excited to have met you and shared your story. I definitely look forward to staying in, in contact and having follow-up episodes that I believe we're going to see really, this was the tip of the iceberg. This is just the trickle before the flood. And uh, it's beautiful to see you walking that out. And uh, so, guys, check out Brian's website um, and his business. And uh, we will, by declaration, my declaration is we're going to have many more follow-up episodes because there's so much content in here. We, we can't even uh, do it all in one sitting for multiple times. So yeah. can I, I uh, this is your closing, and I hope this stays in the final cut. But oh, please. You're, uh, you're a veteran, right? You're, yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, I just declare over you, man, just God's favor and blessing. And I want to thank you for playing a role uh, abroad so that our families at home can do what we can do so that we have cities to restore. Thanks for serving our country. Mm, thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. And it's an honor <laughs> and privilege. To be, oh, uh, I didn't embarrass you. <laughs> no, not at all. I used to be embarrassed by that, and I, I'm not anymore, you know. And uh, it's an honor and privilege to be able to protect something as precious as everything we've just talked about in this one little yeah. town that, you know, is a microcosm of small town America and just the, the heart of this country, I believe. So yeah, thank, thank you. you. I received that with honor and uh, humility. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited to see where, the, where all of us go in this journey. So um, we'll talk again soon. Until then, guys, uh, connect with Brian, connect with Bethel. Amazing things happening there. And uh, we'll see you next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Better Way Podcast with Ryan Haley. For more information and to discover more episodes, visit abetterwaypodcast.com or search us on iTunes, TuneIn, or any of your favorite online audio sites. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes or send us an email at ryan at abetterwaypodcast.com. Have a suggestion for who we could interview next? let us know on our website. Finally, A Better Way is listener-sponsored. Help us to further the message of kingdom entrepreneurship by supporting us financially. You can give online on our website, abetterwaypodcast.com. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.